I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. So, how how'd you go last week? Uh, uh, no, well, okay. I've got a dirty little secret. Can I tell you? Oh, you know it. Go on. You know. But, but uh, yeah. I always so my league, the league that I mainly play in, is ultimately a head-to-head league. Yeah, yeah. And I always. Uh, begin the season with the purest overall intentions. But as things begin to fall apart, as they do, I often turn to the head-to-head game. So I might have to do that again this year, I think, because we do we do have money involved. We'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, why don't uh, – I think, I, yeah, I might add a little bit of – a little bit of input for head-to-head players going forward. How do you how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Do it. Yeah. Um, I, as you know, I stopped playing head-to-head a few years ago for this very reason. I yeah, it just annoyed me that I don't know. You get to the end of the season and then you've had the best team all season, let's say, and in the final, like one of your players drops out and you lose the final because of that, like five you know five minutes before kickoff or something. So there's just a bit too much luck involved for me. And it also made had the same thing that you're experiencing right now, which is like either you have to run two teams or you or you kind of sabotage your overall team for head to head glory, which I didn't like very much. And it's also just more time. Yeah. So I brought that up because I did end up um, matching some pods late in the weekend when I realized that my score wasn't gonna be great, but I could actually win a head to head match. And of course that's that's the trade off. And uh, and I think it affected my score negatively. But to answer your question, I ended up with an eleven seventy four, which is, I guess, middling. How about you? Who did you captain? Uh, Tamalolo. Right. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't that bad. What did, what did your what was your rank change? My rank change was. Uh, I went up fifteen thousand, but I'm still thirty seven thousand. Right. So, so you did. So you moved up a bit, but still moved up a bit. Still not great. No. Mm. I I had a big week. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to be in, probably insufferable this week during this conversation. Uh, I, I'm yeah. I, I've I've prepared myself for an, for listening to an hour of gloating. So go for it. <laughs> what, what happened? Um, I scored thirteen eighty-eight. Whoa. Whoa! Um, and I didn't captain Turbo. I captained Holmes. Right. Um, so potentially left some points on the table, but yeah, thirteen eighty-eight, which was enough for me to go from about twenty-four thousand to eleven fifty. Whoa! Okay. Yeah. So I'm only like two hundred and fifty points off the leader now. Okay. So right in the mix. Hmm. Which is exciting. Like Excellent. it's like one of those. I think you need one of those big weeks in a season to kind of get you up there. And now it's about yeah, and you need it early. You need it early as well. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm up there, and I'm sort of. I think I'm vaguely in the mix as long as I keep making good moves. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I'll, I'll stay okay. up there. 
All right. So let's let's begin with what went right and what went wrong. So three of the trade-ins that I made last week scored 100 points, three out of the five. Okay. So Yo, Madison, and Holmes all scored 100 points. Mm-hmm. And then I had Hess, who scored 60-something and looked really good. And if he hadn't been Sinbindi, he would have scored about 75. Yep. And then the one trade that, that didn't go very well was Isaac Ho. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty successful on the trade front. Yep. What about you? What, what trades did you make? Uh, okay, so I brought in uh, Azako as well. So I got the same. I brought in Isaac Yo, which was great. I brought in Sioni Katoa. So I told you I, Dugan doesn't pass. I know. I we know, even played Super Coach Bingo. I know, but I also I said just, that it wasn't that bad a trade, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Look, he still makes he still makes like sixty thousand dollars if, yeah. if I trade him out. Um, it's just a matter of whether whether I do end up trading him out this week or not. Um, I traded uh, Billy Walters to Scott Drinkwater. Yeah, that's a pretty good trade. And of course, I brought in. Uh, Eliasa Katoa. Yeah. So, all in, all in all, yeah, four four of my oh no, actually three of my five trades went well. Um, but Isaac, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm happy with sitting on him. It's just uh, Katoa that probably underwhelmed a bit. Yeah. Right. So, Tommy Turbo. Can I just read you some stats on Tommy Turbo? And to be honest, I didn't actually look this up myself. I'm going off someone else's stats, but I'm, so I'm just going to assume they're right. But okay. four out of the last 19 games he's played, apparently he's scored 150 or more. So that's like Tommy Turbo more than 20%. Sco- okay. So I think that's more games than the Dragons have won over the same period. <laughs> well, I think the Titans have lost 13 in a row. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, so so twenty percent of the time, I, I think that takes out injury affected games. But even still, more yep. than twenty percent of the time, he's going one hundred and fifty plus, and eight mm-hmm. out of those nineteen games, he scored a ton. Yep. And we talked about this in the off season quite a lot. But if you captained him last week, and I didn't, but if you did, he scored one hundred and fifty two, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Tamalolo scored seventy five. And Tamalolo was the most popular captain's choice last week. Yes. So that's a 75-point upgrade. Yep. You spread that over three weeks, that's 25 points a week. Mm-hmm. That takes his, his effect, what I call his effective average to – so he's averaging at 81. So if you add 25 yep. to that, it takes it to 106. Yep. And, yeah, that's just like – at the price he was at, I just didn't understand anyone not starting with him. It's just terrifying not having him. It's just he could go 150 in any given week. Mm. It's about getting the captaincy on him when he does, but even still. So I guess lots of people are going to try and get on him this week because his break-even mm-hmm. down to 15. Yep. But, you know, his draw over the next few weeks isn't great, so there's no guarantees he's going to, like, he's going to go big again over the next couple of weeks. But, so I don't even know. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have him. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's kind of, in some ways, it's a bit now or never because he's going to get very expensive over the next couple of weeks if you don't get it. He will, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's too much of a jump. Can I ask, you did start with Ponga. 
and you and you held him last week. Do you think that jump is worthwhile? Considering you only have two trades this week, and there is um, a lot of activity this week, and and potentially next week to happen. So trades are actually at a bit of a premium right now. Oh, they're at a huge premium, and there's so many guns that sort of yeah. There's both guns and rookies that are kind of priority trade ins, which maybe we'll talk about a bit more later. But yeah, I don't I don't know because there's Tedesco as well. Tedesco is about to go up in value a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially um, obviously Nathan Cleary next week there's the two sort of gun rookies in Grant and Best you got to make yes. trades for and now we've got Tamalolo out and I see a lot of people trading him out mm-hmm. and I sort of get it because he's like 700,000 sitting on the pine but that's crowding out any number of other trades you can make it seems like he's probably only going to be out for one week but we don't know that I'm definitely holding Tamalolo for that, re- mostly for that reason. Not because I think you can't trade between guys like that this year, but just there's so many trades to make over the next couple of weeks that I don't want two of them to be Lolo in and out. Yep. I've forgotten what your question was originally. Uh, if you had Ponga, do you think Ponga to, to Turbo is a worthwhile trade? It's a tough one, probably, but I thought Turbo was a better pick to start with, so... Yeah, probably. Sure, but you know, I guess if you if you if you're chasing overall, you're either a, a lot of the guys near the top will have had turbo, right? I looked at the top ten during the week, and all of them have turbo, and I reckon most of them captained him. Right. Every single team in the top ten has him. Right. So I think I think with that in mind, maybe you just hold on to Ponga, play and play Ponga, and hope he. Pops out of one fifty one week. The turbo pops out of twenty. Yeah, or you risk falling further behind. Yeah, I, I actually don't know what I would do in that situation. I'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. Like just for my like my state of mind, I probably want to have him because I can't imagine what it would have felt like watching that game not having turbo. Yeah, it would have been yeah, quite it was, sickening. It was, it, was, it was actually a great game to watch. Yeah, just but just watching him. He's just hands down the best player in Super Coach, right? He's got the best. Yeah. Game for Super Coach and like, yeah, it's, it's just so clear to me. I, I yeah, you, but you it, was, it wasn't just yeah, it wasn't just the quality of of his play. He was actually everywhere at all times. He was just popping up all over the field constantly. Yeah, and he didn't actually have even that many runs. Like he had like only fifteen or sixteen runs or something. But mm-hmm. just whenever there's a break, like he just looks like he can make a line break or set up a try every time. And he set mm-hmm. up, he set up. Brad Parker's try with like this beautiful short ball, and then like five minutes later, he was it was a beautiful long ball, or he'd go himself, or he'd back up. up. Like he can score points in so many different ways. Yeah. By the way, Brad Parker, he's averaging fifty. What did I tell you? I should have taken you up, Hank Scorpio. <laughs> he has special powers. <laughs> Killing it. What else? So, so yo. Played the whole game at lock, which was, mm-hmm. I mean, we did say that, that we thought Cleary had sort of shown his hand and wanted to play Yo long minutes, but I wasn't expecting 80 minutes straight at lock, or in this case, 90. I mean, again, he's if you don't have him, he's another priority trade. But and we've seen uh, we've seen Liam Martin on the bench this week, but I don't necessarily think that that's going to have any impact on him. I think that could be worse for Capewell. 
yeah, I, yeah, I get the feeling as well. Uh, or worst case scenario, yo, I, I feel comfortable about Yo getting at least sixty five in the middle, which again is still is still worthwhile having him in your center wing. Yeah, absolutely. What about Capewell? Would what you get Capewell? Uh, wait and see. I think. Yeah, he's a big wait and see for me. All right, let's uh, let's have a, a quick chat about the team lists and what mm-hmm. jumped out. I've got a bit of a list here, so I can just run through it if you if you like. I love lists. Go for it. So we already talked about no no Lolo. That was a big surprise. Yep. I've already said I'm going to hold on to him. And what are you doing? Uh, I'm holding him as well. Yeah, and again, only for that reason that it like crowds out a bunch of other trades that I want to do. Mm-hmm. If you can make good trades by by trading him out and trading him back in. I can understand that. Yep. So the Dragons team, Dufty dropped, Norman to fullback, new half back in, Adam Clune. Okay, but he might be out now. Yeah, okay. there's some some talk that he might be out, but anyway, we'll see what happens with that. Curse yep. starting, and Sims dropped altogether, mm-hmm. and Isaac Luke on the bench, and now there's both Isaac Luke and uh, Ewan Aitken on the bench. Right. Which looks amazing for the likes of Kerr. Oh, yeah. Do you think McGuinness still plays 80 in that team? Probably. He was, he was, he was the best player in red and white by far. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the weekend. A lot of people have talked about getting him in this week. I, geez, with Luke on the bench there, I'd definitely be uh, waiting a week to see what happens, given that he's only played one game. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't look at him just because I think there's more pressing trades to be made, but I, I can understand the logic of getting him in as well. Yeah, so Isaac Luke on the bench, like maybe he goes to, to lock and still plays 80. Mm-hmm. Um, but also their opponents aren't going to complete 45 sets in a, in a row every week. Um, well, they might. They might until, until next week when the Dragons fire Mary get Shane Flanagan's uh, uh, coaching license or whatever reinstated make him, make him head coach. We'll put it this way. No team has ever completed 45 sets in a row before. Maybe it was 44. So mm-hmm. literally that's never going to happen again. So, yeah. Anyway, I still think he's a, like, he's, a, he's a good candidate in a couple of weeks' time. But I think, as you said, there's more, there's more pressing trades. Yep. If you've got no, no more pressing trades to do, by all means, like, Mm-hmm. So, what else have we got? Have you seen the Titans team? I haven't. Tell me about it. So, if we're to believe what we see, so the, the backs look more or less the same, I think, but in the forwards, Wallace has been dropped altogether, and so has um, Shannon Boyd. And the okay. bench is Tana Boyd, who's a halfback, Bryce Cartwright, Jamin Jolliefe, and young Tonomapia, who I had hey. I had no idea he was even at the Gold Coast. Okay. So they've got a halfback, a centre, a prop, and Bryce Cartwright. I don't even know what he is. Yeah, okay. Like, what the fuck? 
that's great for my old mate Jairo. It is good for Jairo. It's also great for Fortuaker. Yeah. 443k for Fortuaker and 0.5% ownership. Mm-hmm. And he scored about 80 last week. And just in terms of the eye test, looked amazing. And I can see him giving the Tigers lots of trouble this week. Yep. So he's a great pod. I'm going to talk about some pods later on, but um, he's on my list. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that Titans bench looks ridiculously weak. I actually think the mm-hmm. Titans are special to beat the Tigers this week, despite that. Okay. I Yeah, the Tigers just historically really struggle to beat teams that they should beat. And yep. I can see them getting sort of ambushed in that game. So... I think Harry Grant will probably still score well, but I'm not necessarily expecting huge games from, from the likes of like Nova Luma. Mm-hmm. So the Tigers, Musgrove is still nowhere to be seen, which is disappointing. I don't know what's going on with him, if he's injured or what. For the Panthers, Crichton has held his spot. Yep. Which is interesting. 280k, he's a pretty good option. Mm-hmm. But I also think that's very good for Mansour. Why do you say that? Because Naden doesn't pass, and Crichton okay. does. So I think I think Mansour is still a massive buy this week. I'm kind of pissed that I went for Isaaco over him last week. Now for the Broncos, I mean their whole team, their whole forward pack, well, particularly the back row, has just been decimated. Yes. Did you hear the news that Turpin is now out for four to six weeks? I did. Yeah. So they've got a. They've got Corey Pakes. Is that how you say it? Pakes? Uh, uh, is the X silent? I think the X is silent. Puh. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no no it, disrespect meant to the, to the Puh family. <laughs> anyway, he, that guy. Yeah. Uh, so they've got a rookie... They've got a rookie hooker. They've got two rookie back rowers in Hopawadi and um, Bullimore, who I think is a prop, but anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse Arthur's in the centres, and on the other side, uh, Darius Boyd. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That just looks like that team could get cut to ribbons mm-hmm. by you-know-who. Yes. I'm going to talk about that a bit later. For the Bunnies, Patrick Mago has got. A, it looks like he's going to get a start, so he could be an interesting trade down in a couple of weeks. I think you pronounce all the surnames wrong. Fair enough. Mago. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I say Mago. Okay. I say Mago. You say Mago. Mago. Yeah. Um, Connor Tracy is getting a start for the Sharks, which is potentially bad for Brayley. Mm-hmm. Our mate Bradman Best, who like all good Bradmans, is averaging 100, uh, has been selected. Mm-hmm. He had 47 in base last week. Did he? Yeah. They played 90 minutes, to be fair, but even still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's an absolute beast. Uh, yep. No Bateman for the Raiders. And Angus Crichton looks like he's held his spot. Oh, I should have also said for the Dragons, your mate Fui Maono who was yeah. like one of the only players in that team looked look dangerous, came on with 20 minutes to go and scored 37 super coach points because he was breaking tackles all over the place, has been yeah. dropped. Why does that surprise you? <laughs> so if I was 
Mary, and I don't know much about Adam Clune, so maybe he's an absolute gun. I know nothing about him. He's pretty good. He's fine. Sure. But I would have, if I was the Dragons, I would have brought Sailor in for Dufty. I would have... Mm -hmm. I, I would have brought Isaac Luke in to the bench, on the bench, just to provide some spark, which he did, so that makes sense to me. But why why pick you and Aitken there if you've got Fui Maono who can cover the backs anyway? Like, why exactly? Why anything? This whole thing's a bizarre world. Why, why do you name a player as your starting fullback for the season, have him fullback all preseason, he plays one game, and then you're like... Oh, okay. He's actually not a not great at fullback. Like when when you when you get to like flip flopping around with your team like this and giving them ultimatums, so so that if they don't play if they don't play up to standard, they're going to get cut. They know you're you're going out the door. They don't care. They want you out the door. Trust me, those players don't want Mary as their coach anymore. I don't know if many of them did. I think it's a big factor as as to why Tyson Frizzell left. Yeah. And he's not he's not he's not apologetic. He never he never he never he never defends his players. He always puts them down, it seems. He's yeah, he's like re- reverse Wayne Bennett. <laughs> Justin and it's, Holbrook, and you know that well Justin well, Holbrook's I mean, doing it, the same thing though, right? Like I, I agree with you. I don't understand where you train all preseason. And then you have one bad game, and then you like shift the whole team around. Exactly, but Justin Holbrook, in his defense, is a uh, a new coach for that team, so he wants to imprint his own uh, his own game plan and his own ideas and whatever, and and that's going to take some growing pains. Mary's had this team for what five years, six years, more. I can't remember, but yeah, it you know what frustrates me? A couple of years ago, he had the best team. It was on paper fantastic. And he was even talking about, I remember him doing an interview in the preseason and him being like, I'm really confident about this team. I'm really confident. And they did the same thing. They just won, won a few games early on and then just petered out. They, the team would not play to its ability. Paul McGregor teams have always played below their ability, not beyond their ability. A good coach is meant to make a team play beyond their ability. Yeah. Look at Manly. Look at Manly, exactly. Manly's gone from being... I mean, they've got a couple of gun players, sure, but they went from being like a bottom four team to a top four team. But again... with on no pa- personnel change. Yeah, yeah and, and that that team is nothing on paper. Even with, those, even with a handful of superstars, it's nothing on paper. Yeah. That back, that back line should not be able to score any points. Yeah. And yeah, I understand that you've got a couple of playmakers there that produce, but you know, th- there's there's enough playmakers on the field of the Dragons. The Dragons, in fact, have probably more playmakers on the on the field, and yet zero cohesion, zero fifth tackle options, uh, zero understanding of whose role it is and whose responsibility it is to even just take a hit up. They play and they play slow. They've yeah. been playing slow for years. Has Corey Norman ever showed anything in fullback? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think he has either. So I don't understand that either. And even in the halves, he's like he. I think I actually thought he was pretty good at the Eels. 
he had some ability to put people through a hole. It seems that he's lost that ability. How many times of just running across the field and passing it to your second row or the center to truck it up? Like that's not that's not a half's role. That's that's not a half's role. You're meant to be creating, and he's not creating. He's just distributing. Yeah, we've hit a bit of a nerve here, I think. Well, you know. No, I agree with you. Like, yeah, it, it must the be fans very have to watch, The fans have to watch it. Have you ever, have you enjoyed watching a Dragons game in the last half a decade? Oh, uh, <laughs> probably not. I don't know. Not recently. They've definitely gone backwards. They, they had a couple of, like, to be fair, they had a couple of years where they started so well and they looked like premiership contenders. And they still made but, the finals, but, but they kind of, as you say, petered out. But, sure, but even in their in, even in their good years, there's no creativity to the attack. No, it's all They're, through the forwards. It's it's all through the forwards. It's all one out. It's just very basic hit up, super predictable, and they relied on their defense because they had a good team on paper that could defend well. Yeah, but and and they were built on the back of really good, um, really good player acquisitions, and not good coaching. So it was the it was it was the front office work that really gave Mary a team to work with, and he and he took it backwards. Yeah, it's interesting that Ben Hunt cups all the flack when it's really Corey Norman that's like I think Corey Norman's playing much worse than Ben Hunt is, to be honest. Ben Hunt doesn't deserve it. He he does make some mistakes, but that's because he takes on a, a fair load. Yeah, Corey Norman just is a bit of a passenger, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we better change the subject. Um, so I want to talk a bit about how the, the new rule has affected Supercoach. Um, okay. I have some stats about just generally how it's affected the game, but, like, what are your thoughts? Just before I read out the stats, like, what would you say? So I th- it looks good. Uh, I'll, I'll say it does look good. Um but it must be really, really hard to. Uh, you mean tiring? You have to. Well, look, because because it's kind of like a double advantage. So, not only does the player with the ball in hand now know that he can't be tackled for very long, um, which automatically speeds up to play the ball, but then he gets the added advantage that if it is delayed by the smallest amount, he now they now have another six tackles up their sleeve. So it's kind of like a double whammy every time. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, like, the ball is in play more. So apparently the ball is in play for about an extra minute and a half a game. Okay. Which isn't mm-hmm. actually that much. But it's a combined effect of the ball being in play more and the ruck being faster. And the ruck is noticeably faster because people are actually worried about they basically, obviously, people weren't particularly worried about getting penalised, but they are worried about getting a six again against them because it's very hard to defend. Yeah, um, un- unless, unless, unless you're sort of tied or or one or two points behind with like a couple of minutes on the clock and close to the goal line, you you always want that six again, right? Like if you're given the choice, you'd always take the six again over a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'll throw some stats at you. Runs are up 10%. Tackles are up 12%. Play the balls are up 12.5%. Um, there's a bunch of other stats, but that's big numbers. I mean, it's only one week, 
And I, I yep. do think that, like, we might settle back into some sort of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I'm not sure that we'll see that, but maybe the, the, the refs won't blow as many six agains and the ruck will slow down a little bit. But, yeah, and so that has massive ramifications for super coaches or for super coach. Basically, it means that the workhorses in the game are, are doing way more, right? And yep. some of the stats, like the one out, there's a lot of one out running. There's a yeah. lot more one out running. So I think what's happening is that, like typically in a set, you have the like four hit ups, and then you then you on the fourth or the fifth, you sort of spread it out wide, and then you get to the kick on the sixth, right? Yep. If you've got say eight tackles in a row, then you just do eight hit ups in a row, basically. So there's, yes. you're kind of spreading it out wide less on average okay. than you were. Anyway, all that adds up to is like a shitload more tackles and a shitload more runs for the for the people that are run hungry. And it, it could actually change Supercoach strategy a lot. It brings back the idea of, you know, on your bench. I mean, I think everyone's going to have two fullbacks, yep. right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. I was sort of planning this year on my final 17 looking something like two fullbacks, two halves, and maybe two hookers. Yep. It's almost like I'm always thinking already now – Two fullbacks and three three back rowers, or maybe two back rowers yeah. and a hooker. It's like the good old days, eh? Yeah. So players like yeah. that I've just thought about that I think you're going to do very well out of this are McGuinness that we talked about. Yes. Even though I said I don't necessarily think he's a buy this week, like he made like seventy odd tackles on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron Smith, who has been scoring extremely well, he's been yep. scoring extremely well anyway. But I think he's. Like he's going to go to another level. Yep. Potentially Cam Murray. Uh huh. Um. Obviously, we saw Isaac Yo like rack up a hundred points, mostly in base. I think he had one line break, but even still. Mm-hmm. So anyone that plays big minutes at say lock or or in the anywhere in the middle. Yep. We didn't mention Alex Twole, and I know he only scored sixty odd, but he played eighty minutes straight at lock. Did he? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he only scored 60 on the weekend means that he's sort of going to stay reasonably affordable for a little while. Although yep. he did go up to like 530k. But yep. yeah, if he keeps playing 80 minutes at lock, I mean, I can see him averaging 70. Hmm. And then you've got your sort of outside backs who who just love getting involved. And the names I've got here are Mansour, Nofaluma, and Tedesco. Yes. I think they're all going to be major beneficiaries. But then uh, I guess the flip side is that some of those uh, centers might suffer a little bit, and perhaps wingers who just don't get don't get that work done. Yeah, so I guess I guess the way I'm looking at it is that anyone that's got a really high workload is going to get like the full benefit, whereas guys that sort of don't have great base, it's not going to make much of a difference to them anyway because their base is already kind of low. Yep. So the guys that rely on attacking stats, I suppose, could be um, affected. Although, you know, line breaks were also up quite a quite a bit. So potentially some of the, the fullbacks and halves have a benefit of just tiring defences as well, even if they don't have a great workload. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, a stacked back row. Yeah. So I had a quick look at the sort of the most popular trade-ins and trade-outs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And most of them, like I'll start with the trade-ins, most of them are kind of, they speak for themselves. So Bradman Best is the number one trade-in this week, even though he's yep. only played one game. Yes. Makes a fair bit of sense to me. I mean, they're playing the Raiders, but he's playing outside Ponga. He has seems to have pretty good base. Mm-hmm. I'm very tempted to bring him in and play him straight up this week. Yep. Um, you know, as I said in the preseason, he's 100. I think he's 103 kilos and he's 18 years old. Whoa. And he's quick. He's like a younger version of Joey Leilua. <laughs> okay. But not fat. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Yo is the second one. We've talked about him. Katoa from the Warriors, third. He's, he's up about 100k over what he was. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, probably still worth a trade. If you don't he was have fantastic. Him. He was so Yeah. Good. He looks super dangerous, doesn't he? Yeah. And has a good work ethic as well. Tommy Turbo, number four. We talked about him. Grant. Um, so you want to hear some stats on, on Grant? Yeah, hit me. I love stats. 43 tackles in 57 minutes. Okay. That's healthy. And six runs. So basically yeah. like nearly 50 in base in his 57 minutes. Yeah, okay. Which is more than Damien Cook gets in 80 minutes. Right. Okay. So now that you've reached um, Harry Grant, can I talk about trades? So I want to talk about trades as well. In this list, okay. I'll just quickly, George Williams, already got him. Madison, yeah, if you don't have him, definitely get him. Hampton, he's going to make some money, I guess. Mansour is one I want to talk about in terms of trades. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's Capewell, which we already talked about. Crichton, Nofaluma. Yep. Would you bring in Nofaluma at 650K? If I had 650K, sure. I wouldn't. I think if you started with him, amazing, good on you. But I see 35-point games in his future and 650K is a lot of money. JTB and Tedesco. Right. Yep, go on, hit me. So we spoke in the preseason, or you spoke specifically, about this idea of not trading not trading down twice in the same week. Yep, right? yep. Stand by that. Okay, so we have now two uh, cheap players in Bradman Best and Harry Grant, who I think everyone will try to get into their teams uh, before um, before round five begins. Yep. According to Costa Logic, the only way to do that is to get one of them in this week, a week early. So do a trade down to one of those players. Yep. And then use that money to trade up to another, use any uh, residual money and trade up somebody else. Correct. So my question to you is, is that the only valid strategy? Is that the only thing you're considering? Or would you consider trading them both in either this week or next week? So there's three scenarios I think that are, that are realistic here. Either trade them both in this week, trade one in this week and one next week, or trade them both in next week. I mean... <laughs> and and I asked that I asked that because next week there's so much to do next week. Yeah, I wish I had my do. five trades next week. Look, if if you can make two big trade ups next week by doing both of them this week, and like let's face it, these two guys are are gonna be they look like they're gonna be great trades. Like both of them scored big in their first week. Both of mm-hmm. them look like very good super coach players. Um 
Yeah, so if there's some scenario which involves you getting them both this week in order to get two two guns next week, maybe that's Cleary and Talmololo back in or something. I can understand that in this particular situation. Obviously, with Harry Grant, Braley's going to make more money. Mm-hmm. So you, you could wait a week based on that. He's only going to make about 30K, and, and Grant is playing the Titans. So... If you can do it this week, I probably would, to be honest, just and play him because I can see. I, I just told you that he's kind of he scored fifty in base on the weekend, so the chances yep. of him getting right. attacking stat are pretty high. So the, and also the the Titans just had two tries scored on them by Hooker as well. Exactly, exactly. Reese Robson scored like nearly hundred points or something off the bench. Yep. But I still I still like the idea of kind of making your team better where you can rather yeah. than the double trade down because the double trade down effectively means that you're leaving a bunch of money on the sideline. You know, I've, I've got Tamalolo sitting on the sideline this week, so I'm leaving a lot of money on the sideline in that way. But, yeah. Can I uh, – okay, so so this is my, my dilemma. So either I trade Braley down to Grant, uh, have a potentially high-scoring player – um, at hooker, who I I probably even consider playing him in my seventeen, but I lo- but I lose out on on any residual money Braley has to make, mm-hmm. or I trade Blake Ferguson, who's losing money hand over fist, down to Bradman Best. Yeah, and what are you what are you going to do with your second trade in either of those scenarios? I want to trade Liam Knight to Cohen Hess. So I feel like that trade is. I feel like that trade has to be made. Right. So I'm comfortable with that one, but it's who to get in. So to me, best makes more sense because uh, I stop the I stop the money that I'm bleeding out of Blake Ferguson. Um, and you make money on the other side with Grant. And I make money on the other side with Grant. That's right. Yeah, but I potentially miss out on a bunch of points this week because Grant's playing the Titans. Yeah, it sort of depends who your other four reserves are. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we? So one, I've, I've got some pods on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up with some pods just looking at at them and I want to read them out to you and see what you think of some of these guys. Okay. I love I love a bit of a pod hunt. Yep. I'm not necessarily going to get any of these guys in, but just I just think they're interesting. So he talks about mm-hmm. Potuaker at 443k, yep. 0.5% ownership. Mm-hmm. I, if I had room I would do that trade, but I've got I've got a bunch of back rowers and front rowers who are just like steadily making cash and and they seem fine, and I'm just not going to touch them for like three or four weeks. Yeah, my forwards are pretty healthy as well. Like Carrigan, Tarpany, Hess, Katoa. Yeah. And all the cheap guys are doing well. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm i just not going to touch them. But if I was in the mm-hmm. market for a front rower, Fortuaker would be almost top of the list. Yep. The next two guys I've got are also front rowers. Junior Paulo. Okay. 565k, 2.7% ownership. His offload is absolutely killing it. Um, he scored. What do you think he scored on the weekend? 
Uh, I I didn't see his score, but I did watch the game. I would have put him at about a 65. 77. Okay. So his scores have been 56, 76, 77, and he played 56 minutes. Um, can I – okay. Can I, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to say one thing. Um, I love Junior Paulo. Mm. Uh, so last year was his first year back at the Eels, right? I think so. Yeah, so – I was very, very keen on him at the beginning of last year. And I actually talked – I didn't trade him in, but I talked a couple of other people into trading him in because he did start the year similarly with a lot of offloads and good scores. And then after like round five or six, he just started sort of dropping off. I don't don't quite – I couldn't quite understand why, but he just sort of lost lost that, that gas. So, yeah, that good option. Good player, great to watch. Eels look fantastic. He looks fit. Um, he looks fit, and he he does. He's, he's he's so hard to tackle. So hard to tackle. Sixteen points in offloads on the weekend. Um, yeah. he's had a couple of line break assists, but no other attacking stats. Oh no, that's not mm-hmm. true. He's had two try assists. Okay, that's why his that's why his points are so good. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Even still, sixty odd in base. The only question mark for me is: Does Nathan Brown coming back when he comes back kind of hurt his minutes? But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, the next guy I've got on my list is James Fisher Harris. Uh-huh. So he's three point seven percent ownership. He's come down to six hundred k. So he's still quite expensive. Probably wouldn't get yeah. him this week. Uh, but his minutes are picking up again, and he looks like he could be quite a good buy. Yep. Um, not for me. I'm not. I, there's just. I don't know. He just doesn't inspire me. I've never had him in my team ever, and I, I don't know what it is about him, but he just—he just sort of—I don't feel drawn to him. Fair enough. In any case, he played sixty-six minutes on the weekend. Again, that was a ninety-minute game. Uh-huh. Scored sixty-eight points. Yep. Um. I, again, I wouldn't necessarily get him this week, but he's—he's he's on my radar for in a few weeks' time when some of the some of the cheapies sort of uh, come. You know. Basically, need to be cold. Yep. All right. Now I've got a couple of backs, and these are these mm-hmm. are pretty left field. Daniel Tupu. Yeah, he looks good, huh? He looks busy. He does look good. He does look good. Um, so he's five hundred and thirty k. So he's not cheap. Yep. Um, he's so having. Yeah. Sorry, four, four, I was going to say four percent ownership. Yep. Uh, yeah. Go on. I was going to say having a uh, a Morris inside him instead of Latrell, like on on first instincts you might say that's gonna that's gonna hurt him because Latrell opens up so much of the field and and you know gets the line breaks and puts him through and all this kind of stuff. But I actually think it benefits him because just he just sees more ball and he's got like a a pretty good distributing center inside him. And and the Morrises the Morrises look rejuvenated both of them yeah, they're they kind of cool. like they're kind of like they've slowed up a lot but they kind of got faster again. <laughs> so he had thirty seven points in base on the weekend. Yeah right. Yeah, uh, which is pretty good and lots of offload as well. He had a couple of offloads. Uh-huh. He scored ninety two points. So and he's got a thirty three rolling out of his average. So he's about to become very expensive, but. Right. Um, for those, you know, looking at the sort of yos and mansors of this world, he could be an interesting zag with a pretty, I, 
you know, we talked about the Roosters draw. It's a pretty good draw coming up. Yep. And the last one, and he's, this one's really left field, Dale Copley. Just stop. Just Can we stop now? <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> Hear me out. Okay, go. He's 380K. Yep. Reasonably cheap. He's come in to the centres now instead of the wing. He's got the Tigers this week and he's pl- he plays on the left, which is the Tigers' weak side. And, like, historically, he's actually been a decent supercoach player when he gets, like, enough time. I can't do it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really suggesting that anyone would, but, like, let's just monitor how he goes over the next few weeks because I think, like, if you had massive jumbo balls, he'd be an interesting, interesting little pod. 0.2% ownership. Perhaps for good reason. Is it like his mum and his dad that own him? Like, <laughs> Surely it's like someone who's auto-filled their team. Like no one could have like could have picked him deliberately, could they? Okay, so okay, so now at this point in the season, knowing what you know, Dale Copley or Brad Parker? Dale Copley. Yeah, Dale Copley. Parker's three hundred and fifty four grand. <laughs> And he scored a 50 in round two and an 80 in round three. Yep. Still Dale Copley. What's Brad Parker's ownership? Surely it's... It's got to be zero. Can't be above 1%. The over-underline has to be about 1% on Brad Parker. Oh, a few people have got... It's 1.4%. I would have lost that bet. 0.4% of people have brought him in this week. So he's gone from one percent to one point four percent. What are the like? What are the odds of red hair in the population? <laughs> uh, probably. Well, they haven't increased by point four percent. I can tell you that much. Less than two percent of the world's population have red hair. <laughs> I bet you there's a correlation. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Who are you captaining this week? I really don't know. I mean, can um, we just talk okay. about Payne Haas for a minute? Talk about Payne Haas as much as you like. The guy played 80 minutes again on the weekend in a game, probably the fastest game of the round. Doesn't even look puffed. It didn't even look tired. He's 120 kilos and he's playing 80 minutes and like not exactly shirking the work. Yeah. He's involved in everything. I can't walk upstairs anymore. <laughs> this kid, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Have you ever seen a like a prop do that before? But do you do you think that's do you think that's because they weren't able to do it before? It just it was just the thing to like have props play forty minutes and have them. You know, <sighs> well, I honestly don't, don't know the answer to that. But yeah, so I thought when um, when Lodge came back that maybe he'd get a bit of a rest. It just doesn't seem like that's the case. It just seems like he's going to get eighty points every, like sorry, eighty minutes every week, and and therefore eighty points every week. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got like a line breaker and attacking stat at some point. Oh, he'll get it. It's just I don't think it'll be this week. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I still think Haas is probably the the most obvious option. I think maybe 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 if you're coming a thousandth or whatever, like you are, makes sense. Yeah. So, 
Are you going to get Cleary next week? Right. So, okay. The answer to that question is probably yes. So, trading down to Bradman Best and Harry Grant and trading uh, Liam Knight, oh, Liam Knight down to Hess doesn't give you much money, but doing those trades will potentially allow me next week to go Luai up to Cleary. Right. Yeah. Now, the only thing that would change that is, at this point, is if uh, Corey Pach covers it up. In which case, I'd probably want to hold a hold a spot for him. Um, but shy of that happening, uh, I'm probably looking at doing the, the big leap up to Cleary next week from Luai. So he's only eight. He's like something like eight percent ownership now, Cleary. Right. And this is again what we were talking about earlier for those trading out Tamalolo. Uh huh. The fact that. So there's a few things. The fact that Cleary has a fairly bad draw when he comes back. He's got yep. Parramatta and, and the Storm in his first two games. The fact mm-hmm. that people that a bunch of people that trade out Taumalolo and assuming Taumalolo comes back are going to want to trade him back in, plus perhaps trade in someone like Grant or Best or both, means that he might actually stay a bit of a pod for a couple of weeks. Yep. Now, he does have that hard draw, but I don't know. He seems to be kind of doing everything. Now that now that Maloney's gone, yeah. Look, okay. So here, here's the counter argument. Like you said uh, earlier, the end of year team might look something more like reserves in fullback and in the back row. So there might not be a great argument for running two gun halfbacks. And I've, I've obviously got Mitch Moses in the other spot there right now. I'm going to trade out Mitch Moses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I again, I, I don't mind. I don't mind that trade either. But uh, you know, you're living in the fast lane, in the lap of luxury, whilst I'm. Yeah. You know, so doing honest. My trade. Through. My trades next week are going to be obviously Braley to Grant, and my second trade. Depending on what happens, is either. So I'd, I'd actually love to get rid of Walters, but I can't do Walters to Cleary, and I don't have enough. And I, I want to get rid of Walters because he's going to become an AE nightmare. Mm-hmm. So I can either do Moses to Cleary to get Cleary in just because I think he's the best halfback. And Moses has two tough games anyway. Moses plays yep. Parramatta and then plays the Roosters. So it's, it's no better than Cleary. Uh, sorry, Moses plays who? Uh, sorry, I think he plays... Sorry, he plays Penrith and then plays the Roosters. Right, yep. And Cleary plays Parramatta and then the Storm. So it's kind of much yep. of a muchness. And mm-hmm. I think... Moses is a bit of a flat track bully, whereas Cleary can score well against anybody. Yes. Um, yeah. The other the other trade though I'm interested in doing, if I can afford it, is Walters to uh, Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten, Jack can't, who can't top 100 points ever, Whiten. You know when he's going to dock 100 points? He's going to go over 100 points? When he's playing the Tigers? When he's, no, when he's playing the Tigers. Oh, okay, right. He's running at BJ Lelua. Yeah. In which case, it's good that he doesn't pass. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He's going to take BJ all the points for himself. Maybe BJ shows up against his old team. It's not for lack of trying. The guy just doesn't know what to do. Like, that, that side was already one of the weakest sides in the comp. And then we've added BJ, who's one of the worst defensive centers. Like, Wade Graham looked like, I don't know, who's the best back row in the, the history of the game? I don't know. Clyde, uh, I don't know. Wade Graham looked like a superstar. Josh Dugan nearly scored 100 points. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's Croker that will get the points. I don't know. But as I said, Jack Whiten doesn't pass. So the likelihood is it is Jack Whiten that gets the points. It'd only be for like one or two weeks and then I'd just hoof him. Yeah, yeah. Keep Moses and yeah. then trade him straight back to um, like trade him to Cleary in round seven after that draw. Uh-huh. So a bit of it depends on what... Whiten scores next week, like whether I could afford him. I'd love to get rid of Walters, put it that way. Uh-huh. But I agree with you. Like it's not, it's not a like I'm not really that interested now in, in having two gun halves because I think there's more consistent and better points elsewhere now. Yeah, but the the flip side to that is like I could also look at getting in Madison, but after I get rid of um, uh, Liam Knight this week, I I'm I'm looking at my forwards and there's nobody I want to trade out. Yeah, I'm, that's what I just said about mine as well. Like yeah. in a couple of weeks, they'll start getting right to trading them out, but not yet. Yeah, maybe Gula, but again, Gula. Gula. Hey, what's? Do you know what the answer to the life, the universe, and everything is? Forty-seven. No, it's forty-two. Is it forty-two? Damn it! It's forty-two. But I got another number for you that I really like the look of. Yeah. 34. Okay. You know what 34 is? No. 34 to 1 is the odds of Ben Hampton being the NRL top try scorer in 2020. Oh, that is a, that's a massive bet. Like, right? yeah, take that bet. Has anyone so, scored more than him yet? So he's on four tries. So he scored every game yeah. so far, right? And he scored a double last week. Has anyone scored so, four? Yeah, so another two players. So Nofo has scored four. Yeah. And Tony Staggs, who's out this week, has scored four. Right. So, but yeah, I think that's like they're just that sweep on that side with with Holmes and Drinkwater feeding him uh-huh. just looks amazing. And he's quick enough. All he needs to be is quick enough off the mark to score the try, which he is. They're yeah. going to keep coming. They're so going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming. Yeah, I. Like, I'd almost, yeah, that's a great bet. So the second most traded out player this week is Katoni Staggs. And the third most okay. traded out player is Pappenhausen. Uh, is, that all, is that all to you? In two weeks, I'm buying Katoni Staggs. Okay. Like, his run hmm. in a couple of weeks' time is amazing. And he, he's a gun. Like, he's another one of those guys that I hate not having. Yeah, I know he scored he 35 in that game, but that game he had no ball. He happened to make like five mistakes. Like yeah. all their forwards are injured, so they're not getting like they're not getting good ball. When all their forwards yeah. come back, oh, like he's once, almost a must-have for me. Yeah, yeah once he has a Pangai or, or a Fafita inside him again, rather than Jamil, who also yeah. had an unfortunate game, well, yeah, he's going to be tearing it up. He's going to be absolutely tearing it up, and you know, and he's still got money to make. Yeah. Like, it's almost better that he doesn't play in this game against the Roosters. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, unless unless you have to play like I don't know, like someone absolutely awful. I don't understand why you'd be trading out Katoni Stags. Yeah. All right, that's all I've got. See, uh, old mate uh, Jack Avarillo scored again. That, that kid's good. I like him. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah. Yeah, he's quite good. The other thing, the other trade I'm considering, and like, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to do it, is just trading Watkins down to like a, there's a Bulldogs guy who's a bottom dollar and he's center second row jewel. Okay. So just trading Watkins down to that guy to free up 100k and having like that great, because they play all those Sundays. How do you trade? Oh, trading Watkins. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep. yeah. Yeah, they have all those Sundays. It's they've got all those so, Sunday yeah. games. He becomes like a perfect auto emergency loop guy, and he's dual. Right. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to share his name with us? So. Oh, what's his name? I have to look it up. Jared uh, Anderson. Yes, Jared Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Who is Jared Anderson? I don't know. Let me just check that he's not like on an extended bench or something this week, but I don't think so. J-A-R-R-E-D. It's like Jared Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Jared Anderson. So if you need an Uffy, I think he's the pick of the bunch now. No, he's not on their extended bench, which tells me he's not very close to getting a run. Yeah, okay. Wish you all the best for this week. Thanks, you too. I'm I'm loving these Thursday night games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, last week's Thanks. games. I mean we, we should talk about that. I mean last week's games were just an absolute they were just crackers. Do you think like, that's just because we hadn't had footy for so long? Honestly, I think the the rule I was critical of the rule. Uh, and, and to be to be fair, I was critical of the rule just in the fact that they brought it in without sort of consultation and it was kind of halfway through the se- season and it's changed things which it has. Yeah. It's been a massive change to the game. But yeah. it's been good. The ball's in play more. People are getting fatigued. Game's opening up a bit. Like, what's not to like about that? Do you have any comment on the one ref? <sighs> the interesting thing about the, the six again rule is that the, like, the refs are under less pressure because we don't actually see what the infringement was and so we can't critique them on it. I see. So, like, we don't actually know really whether the refs are doing a good or bad job, which in, it's kind of good. Anyway, Do you know we'll that the, you don't lose super coach points for um, those rock infringements, the six again? Oh, really? No, because I don't know who it is. I didn't know that. Oh, I see. Like, I it's thought... literally too hard to figure out who it is. So, there's no negative super coach points for the rock infringement. I thought uh, old mate Henry Perinara would, like, actually implode having to coach. Uh, sorry, having to referee a game by himself. Yeah. So that that but, that means that also like that's also good for forwards, right? Yeah. Like less penalties, um, like less negative points in penalties as well. Hmm. Um. But yeah. So I mean. Normally, I would agree with you, and I would say 
like not being able to scrutinize the ref's decisions is like terrible. But the amount of scrutiny our refs are under and the amount of pressure and the amount of bullshit that they take and the fact that everything is always their fault, like I think less scrutiny in this scenario is actually a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> less scrutiny, basically. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that, thank you very much. All right. Cheers. Let's, uh, let's chat and, next uh, week. Yeah, sounds good. All right. See ya. See ya.